maintain his reporter's nose for news when confronted with an unusual situation. And Lang presented a tantalizing, persistent mystery. Pat knew that was all Sam needed. Sam leaned forward and took her hand. Think about it, Pat. What in the world would cause a man to live aboard a luxury ship for more than a year, ostensibly never, ever having set foot on shore? Chapter 2 Before being known as Lang, his legitimate name was Charles Garner. But in fact, Charles Garner was not his birth name. He was born in Frankfurt, Germany in 1956, named Karl by his parents, Leopold and Hildegard Bremen. Carl's father, Leopold Bremen, was born in 1928, a caprice of timing, which threw him headlong into experiencing firsthand the heady, wild ride of Germany's explosive rise, and then attempting to cope with its dramatic, devastating fall. For Leopold, the lingering aftermath of World War II left him a confused, addled misfit, totally lost in the slow emergence of a new Germany. As his disenchantment and befuddlement grew, he embraced alcohol for solace and enlightenment, and his marriage began to disintegrate. After Leopold disappeared in the midst of one of his habitual debaucheries, Hildegard divorced him. She never saw or heard from him again, nearly penniless and left with sole responsibility for raising her two-year-old son, she finally managed to get a job at the post exchange of the nearby U.S. Air Force Base. This was a major accomplishment at a time when unemployment was a way of life to legions of Germans. Aside from earning desperately needed money, she proved quite adept at learning to speak English. Most importantly, however, she met an American sergeant who became increasingly smitten with this striking tall blonde. An ambitious and clever woman, Hildegard took advantage of the situation and maneuvered Sergeant Matthew Nadalski to the altar realizing full well that the marriage amounted to a free ticket to America. Being married to a sergeant was far from the future she envisioned for herself and her young son, so not too long after the young family reached Nadalski's hometown of Pittsburgh, she divorced once again, setting her sights on higher social and financial goals. She exalted, living in Pittsburgh suited Hildegard perfectly. It was a thriving center of commerce and industry, not unlike her own Frankfurt. She wasted little time studying the makers and shakers of the prosperous city, saturating her mind with the names from the business pages and social columns of Pittsburgh's newspapers and magazines. Her study complete, she zeroed in on the city's most prestigious social club. In short order, she landed a job as hostess for the gentleman's dining room of downtown Pittsburgh's legendary Allegheny Club. Here, she carefully targeted, met, and skillfully pursued the man who most epitomized her preciously nurtured vision. So, Carl was five when his mother married again, this time to a wealthy Pittsburgh industrialist, Jack Garner. After the wedding, Garner, in a one-time act of generosity toward his new son, adopted Carl Bremen, giving him the new name Charles Garner. It was not until Charles was forty-four years old that he heard from his real father. The contact, like a bolt of lightning on a clear day, totally unexpected, and so brief that Charles had cause to wonder if it had really happened. 
At dawn one morning, fuzzy-headed from being awakened out of a sound sleep, he was startled to receive a phone call from Germany. A rasping voice speaking German uttered hardly intelligible sounds, sounds which were all the more difficult for Charles to understand since he didn't speak German. His mother had made sure neither she nor her son would ever be looked upon as foreigners. To this end, she never spoke German again. For insurance, she took elocution lessons to add a cultured polish to her speech. In turn, she took pleasure in polishing the speaking abilities of her very bright son. The garbled voice on the phone was quickly replaced with a woman speaking heavily accented English. After she made sure Charles was still on the line, she told him his father was dying and had an urgent need to see him. When Charles asked what was so urgent, the woman said simply, He's speaking gibberish.